The 2-1 home to Sierra. Line drive into left field. That's going to drop for a base hit. Nick Dunn rounds third. He's going to come in to score. Nick Sierra joined the RBI party. 8-0 Maryland. Swung on and cracked to deep right field. Chasing it back is Taylor at the wall. It's out of here. Madison Nickens with the third home run of the inning for the Terps. Ingle kicks and deals and Dunn lines a base hit down the left field line. Nickens comes around third. He will score. Dunn into second with an RBI double and we're tied at three. 3-1. Swung on and cracked to deep center field. Going back is Powell. He's at the wall. Leaping is out of here. A grand slam for Nick Sieri and the Terps take an 8-7 lead. Bonine kicks and delivers. That one's hit to deep left field. Going back is Vargas. It's a no-doubter. Over the scoreboard and out of here. Marty Costas goes yard. His second home run of the game. And the Terps lead it 7-2. First pitch to Tyler and he swings away and hits it to right field straight away. Nickens is there. He makes the catch. Tagging is Dogan. He's going to try to score the throw to the plate. The tag. And he is out at the plate. Madison Nickens guns him down. And the Terps get out of the inning. Welcome to the Maryland Baseball Podcast, episode 16. A lot on tap for today as Anthony Papio, the Terps redshirt senior outfielder, joins us shortly. But first, we bring in a manager on this Terrapin team who was out in Minnesota with the team this weekend as the Terps fell to the Gophers in two of three. Phil DePace joins me now. And Phil, what was your reaction to this Minnesota team who could really hit despite not being all that great a year ago? Uh, yeah, you hit it right on the head. They could, they could definitely hit. Uh, you know, they have a really good approach at the plate. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, they, um, you know, they teach a lot of the same things we teach, uh, but they're really hammering the ball uh, away, driving into left field, driving into the oppo gap, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't really tell you where the talents come from. I, I do remember a couple pl- players on the team last year, Dan Modell, uh, Fiedler, uh, both very good hitters. Uh, Fiedler's hitting like 430 in the conference right now. But, uh you know, they just they did a really good job of sticking to their approach. You know, I think any mistake we made was just hammered somewhere. So definitely could hit, um, and they hit with men on base. I think that's really one of the big differences in this series. They hit with men on base. We, uh, you know, we did <laughs> we didn't a whole lot. So the Terps fell nine to five Friday. Did pick up a win Saturday behind Brian Schaefer, who has really come on strong. I mean, we keep saying it over and over. He started off the year a little slowly and then came on strong. Now we can't even really talk about the beginning of the year anymore because <laughs> he's just week after week oh, so solid. Man, and it's 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 uh it's not even like he's running his pitch count up there. He's throwing complete games in like under 100 pitches. It's Maddox is just back to back to back. I mean, I think you'd say that about a, a lot of our starters. You know, Taylor Bloom's done a really good job on. Uh, he's moved to Fridays and he's done a really good job throwing. That's that's what our, our pitchers throw a ton of strikes, and that's that's really what we're asking for is our guys to go out and compete because they got they got the stuff. It's just getting out there throwing strikes, competing. So, um, you know, Brian Schaefer going out there throwing a really really good game for us, getting that win Saturday. You know, I think Bloom and even even Mike on Sunday really encouraging to see him throw well. I think all our starters look great. I think I think <laughs> almost every week you could come back and say like, hey, wow, our starters have been really good on the weekend. So. Uh, that was really nice to see. I mean, certainly, you know, you look at a year ago and now you look at this year and the inconsistency, the question marks in the weekend rotation, certainly not the case anymore. And to, to illustrate your point about throwing strikes, Maryland combined as a as a rotation, 
has watched just 31 batters wow. this season among yeah. those three weekend starters. Yeah, I know, crazy. I know if you uh, – you could kind of see this coming. You know, last year Schaefer was known as a strike thrower. Um, and then over the summer you look at Bloom, I forget exactly what his strikeout-to-walk ratio was, but it was it was something crazy. It was like 36-2 to two at one point. Like, um, And then Mike's always been a guy that goes out there and competes for us. So, uh, yeah, just a, a lot of strike throwers. And, uh, you know, from last year <laughs> – I don't think we really had that great of a defined starting rotation last year. You know, you had Mike on Fridays that was just dominant. You know, you could trust trust him to go and get a win for you every night. But, uh, you know, th this year it's it's our, our starting rotation on the weekends is, is established. There's there is no question marks within that. But uh, it just it just uh, sort of brings, you know, last year we had a great bullpen. And this year uh, probably haven't performed to what we what we should be in, out of the bullpen. But uh Certainly not the experience a year ago of mm -hmm. Mooney and Robinson at yeah, the back Yeah, a lot end. of guys that, that – that, I mean, I think we had four bullpen arms drafted. and it, I, I trust our – I really like our guys this year. I'm not – I I know I, – we have had we have get, uh, older guys like Rob Galligan um, that, that, you know, we trust. I think he's, he's thrown what, probably 20, 21 games this year for us. Um, and they, we, they probably haven't performed to what they, they've hoped to this year, but I, I still trust them going forward, so – Two of those three uh, games were lost by the bullpen, so Taylor Bloom and Mike Shorn, no decisions this weekend. We mentioned a, a young bullpen. What is that step? What do they need to do to be successful down down the stretch of the season? I think part of it's staying confident. You know, uh, Hunter Parsons comes out of the bullpen on, on Sunday, and, uh, you know, he's been starting midweeks for us. He's been throwing really well. But uh, he comes out to, to right out to face Fiedler. You know, I said he was hitting 430, and he gets a strikeout out of him. That, that's huge for his confidence. I think he's maintaining that confidence, uh, knowing that if you throw strikes, our defense is going to back you up behind us. And, uh, you know, they have good enough stuff to, to go out and be effective for us. I, I trust every arm that comes out of that pen for us right now, even even if they haven't performed to what they probably should be. So, Okay, now let's take a look at the offensive side of things. And, you know, five runs on Friday, four on Saturday, and four again on Sunday. Not terrible outputs, but again, against Minnesota, we've mentioned their offense is much improved, but what are your thoughts on, on how our offense should have performed against their pitching staff? Um, you know, I, I, I you got to give credit to their, to their pitching staff at some point. You know, they came out and made the pitches that they needed to. Uh, it was just really important. Like, Friday, we left 15 men on base, and yeah, I give again, like give credit to them. They made the pitches when we when we had men on base, and they they got the outs that they needed. But, uh, you know, it just, just the the inability to come up with that that key hit just really really kind of killed us in that first game. Uh, you know, the rest of the series, I I don't think we did. We, there was a lot of fastballs that we took for strikes that like I would have liked to see us hammer into gaps. But I I think offensively, we did we we weren't that bad. It just wasn't wasn't as good as we should have been. Um, especially on that Friday game where we left 15 men on base. Obviously hitting with runners on, stringing hits together with two outs are just such momentum builders, confidence builders, and, and keys and the difference between wins and losses. But at the same time, it's not really something that's teachable. How, like, how do you manufacture that as a coaching staff and instill that in your team? Uh, so, I mean, it starts with your approach. I, I mean, your approach shouldn't really change between, you know, one out or, or I mean, like, but... It's uh, it's making sure you're being fastball efficient, which I don't think we did that great of a job of this this weekend. Um, but it's being fastball efficient, making sure when you get that that outside fastball, you're able to put that in, like in the in the oppo gap, which uh, obviously we didn't we didn't do well enough. So I think I think that's mostly what it is with, with when you're when you're talking about like with two outs, it's just like 
making sure you're, you're really sticking to that approach, making sure that you're locked in on the fastball and hammering that whenever you get one. So, so eight eight teams make the Big Ten tournament. Maryland currently seventh in the standing. So yeah. they're inside the bubble, if you will. Mm -hmm. This team makes the Big Ten tournament if yeah. they do what? Just keep winning series. I mean, we play, play Purdue this weekend. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves there, but uh, – you know, hopefully, hopefully we take a series from them. We go up and play Penn State, take a series from them. I think if we win our series, you know, we take care of the stuff that we should take care of. I mean, uh, I certainly don't want to look past any of these weekends, but um, making sure that we beat Purdue is, you know, at least two, hopefully three, beating Purdue. If we keep, if we just keep winning series, just take it game by game. I think we uh, we definitely have the talent to make it to the Big Ten tournament. No midweek series this week or midweek yeah. game, I should mm -hmm. say, and. Uh, originally, Pitt was on the schedule that yeah. got removed. Mm -hmm. How does that factor into the team's day-to-day -day work, if you will, during the midweek? Um, you know, uh, I know you were there today. We played an inner squad today, uh, only five innings. So make, making sure people got some work, making sure that uh, our hitters saw li live pitching. Uh, so from there, it's really not a whole lot different. You know, we, we'll, they got some hitting tomorrow, we'll practice on Thursday, get ready. Uh, make sure we're, we're well rested and good to go against Purdue on Friday. So not a whole lot different when it, in terms of uh, not having a midweek this week. It's good to get our guys a little bit of extra rest too. So, but so you think you think more of a positive than a negative? Yes. I mean, it, it would be nice to get back out there today and get us a win. You know, sort of get us back on track with with um, you know being real confident. But you know, I think we all, we have a bunch of confident guys. I don't think anyone's sitting there in in the in the clubhouse being like, well, man, like, you know, dogging it. I, th I think we have a real confident group of guys that, that really, you know, we're, we're just making sure we're ready to go out there Friday against Purdue. All right, I'm going to have you make two picks. Your first pick yeah. is a guy on this team who in the second half of the season, if you will, is going to be a difference maker or come on strong, someone we may not have seen a whole lot of so far. Oh, that you haven't? I mean, my pick for, like, who's really going to pick it up in the second half is Kevin Smith. Um you know, he, and not that he's he's been playing that bad, but you know he was hitting something like two sixty five, and uh, I think he makes a huge jump. I he's he's run into a little bit of bad luck, but you know he's a guy that that I know sticks to our approach really really well, um, and like I think I think it's gonna pay off for him in the end. Uh, you know, maybe someone that that you haven't heard of. Um, I mean. I think Zach Guth could really step up out of the pen. Maybe Hunter Parsons. I mean, Hunter Parsons done a really good job for the midweeks, but I think he's just going to continue that over the course of the, the year. So um, maybe those two guys you might not have heard of that like are definitely going to come on strong maybe out of the pen. Um, so, Okay, and the next pick, final question for yeah. you. We asked this of every guest on the show, at least the last several weeks, yeah. your World Series pick. Oh. <laughs> Jake well, has his Mets. I picked uh, – the Giants. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, this is World Series winner. World Series winner. All right. Uh, so I'm a Phillies fan, and I, <laughs> me being a Phillies fan, can't like even my my mind can't even pick the Phillies. So that's gonna be rough. Uh, you know what? I really like the Cubs. I really do. Um, they could hit. I know they lo just lost Schwarber, but uh, I think they could still hit, and they they got a pretty good rotation out of them. So I'm going with the Cubs. All right, you heard it here first, Phil. <laughs> thanks so much for joining me tonight. Uh, thanks for having me, Matt. It was good to be here. All right, when we come back, Anthony Papio joins the Maryland Baseball Podcast. Stick with us. Hi, Terps fans. This is play-by-play -play broadcaster Jake Eisenberg. Here at the Maryland Baseball Network, 
We pride ourselves on bringing you the best and most dedicated coverage of your Terps baseball team. But, in order to do so, we need your help. As we enter our second season, we're looking to raise money to continue to bring you the same high-quality broadcast and coverage for as many games as possible. Every dollar raised will go directly into Maryland Baseball Network funds and go toward equipment needs, website fees, and, most importantly, travel funds to allow us to bring you all of the Terps games home and away. To donate, head to GoFundMe.com slash MDBaseballNet. That's GoFundMe.com slash MDBaseballNet. No amount is too big or too small, and, as always, we thank you for and appreciate your support. Welcome back to the Maryland Baseball Podcast, and joining us now is Terps redshirt senior outfielder Anthony Pabio. And Anthony, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So you're obviously a veteran now, and just kind of take us through where this program is now compared to where it was when you came five years ago. Um, yeah, so when I first got here, um, you know, it was kind of in a little bit of a transition state. Um, we were kind of starting to to get some pretty talented kids to come in, but we weren't having, um, you know, super, super great years, uh, numbers wise. Um, but now over the past two years, we've obviously made it to two super regionals. Um, and like last year was our, our winningest season in program history. So, um, it's come a pretty good, pretty good way since, uh, I first showed up on campus. Obviously there's a difference in terms of the skill that you're seeing, uh, from the players who are here now compared to, just a short while ago, but what's the difference in terms of the culture of this program? Um, you know, I think a lot of it, uh, you know, I think Coach Chef and, and his staff and the rest of our guys have done a really good job of, you know, uh, just just being a very tough uh, tough group of guys, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, we might not be the most talented team out there um, all the time, but I think most of the time it's just our toughness and our, you know, our blue collar attitude that um, has kind of lifted us and gotten us into the postseason uh, the last couple of years. Well, you mentioned toughness and the blue collar attitude, and I think that's something that you really embody about this program. Tell us a little bit about the Iron Terp competition in the off season, and obviously that's something that you have really excelled at over the course of your career here. Yeah, so um, the Iron Terp is just something we do at. Uh, at the end of the winter, um, usually uh, as soon as we get back from winter break, so um, it's a pretty it's a pretty tough week. It's uh, five days normally, normally two events a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and um, it's really the whole idea is just to to tough uh, test people's physical and mental toughness. Um, you know, obviously the event the events are super hard physically, but usually the guys that do the best. Um, are usually the most mentally tough and can just, you know, find a way to get things done when, when they're in pain and they're experiencing some fatigue. And so what are a few examples of those events? Um, so let's see. Usually uh, usually on the first day, it's just usually the easiest day. We'll just do like a, a pull-up test, uh, push-up test, and sometimes we'll test our, our vertical and stuff like that. Um, but then, like usually later on in the week, things start getting harder. Uh, one of the one of the tougher events we do is it's called a prowler, uh, build a prowler. Sorry. Um, basically, a, a prowler is kind of like a sled, um, except it, there's two stakes in it, and you uh, we go out on the practice football field, um, and basically you got to push it back and forth. So I think we did 30 yards, and each time you're adding weight, um, 
that one's that one's pretty tough. It it blows up your legs pretty good. So, um, and that's after a few days of already doing some other events, and then usually we'll end it with a with an obstacle course kind of thing, um, which is different every time. So, we've had some some pretty different uh, creative things the last day, um, and that's a, that's another really tough event, and that that usually comes down to the wire. The last couple guys competing for you know, the, the top couple spots, um, it gets pretty competitive. What do you kind of learn about your team over the course of that tough week? Uh, you learn a lot, you know, I mean, you can, you kind of get to see what guys you can depend on when, when things start getting tough. And, you know, later on in the year, you're going to be fatigued. Your body's not going to feel great. And, um, I think this tells you a lot about what guys you can really count on to get things done, even when they're not feeling their best. Let's go back now to freshman year when you decided to come to Maryland. You walked on. What were your expectations going into things? And it obviously you got a chance because someone got hurt and you've made the most of that. But kind of at what point did you think you would play? And at what point did you know, okay, this is my spot? Um, so, you know, when I got here, uh, the coaches, um, the old coaching staff, Coach Backich and, and those guys, they had seen me play a little bit in high school because one of my teammates in my class was uh, was coming to play here um, as well. So they they had seen me play a little bit. Um, so you know, I thought this was it was an opportunity for me to come in, and you know, since they'd seen me, maybe I had a chance to make it. Um, you know, I always believed in myself and and thought I was good enough to play at the college level, uh, Division One level. So. Um, that was kind of my mindset, you know what I mean? I I came in and, you know, obviously I had some some pieces fall into place for me, but uh, I think just the confidence in myself and, you know, I had a great support group with my my family and, you know, my my high school coaches and high school teammates. They all they all believed in me too, so uh, I think that really helped me out a lot. Um, and then obviously things just, you know, progressed from there and and here I am now. So thanks for that. Was there a point in time where you no longer felt like you were playing for your job and felt more like right field was your job? Or did it, was it kind of always, I still have to go out and prove something? Um, you know, I try not to, to get too comfortable. Um, I think that's when when things start going bad for you or, or you'll start to struggle is, you know, when you get comfortable in the position you're in. You know, I think, um, you know, by my, my second or third year, uh, I thought I'd, you know, kind of solidified myself as one of the better outfielders on the team, but at the same time, I wasn't going to, you know, take that for granted and, and start relaxing. I, If anything, it pushed me harder, you know, because um, I'm trying to just every day, just trying to improve the best that I can and, you know, ultimately be the best player that I can be. And now fast forward to this year, a bit of an up and down season to this point. You're one of only a few guys who have seen Maryland not win, if you will. I mean, the last two seasons, two of the most successful in program history, a very young team. As you are a veteran, what are you kind of telling guys who maybe haven't seen the the adversity that you have? Yeah, so um, obviously I think, you know, even a lot of the freshmen that played a lot for us last year um, on last year's team, which was the winningest in program history, uh, you know, even they're not used to kind of some of the struggles we've had so far. So um, it's just important to, to point out to guys that, you know, baseball, like a baseball season is, is extremely long. Like 
you're not going to have a, a completely clean season. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, but, you know, I think a lot of it, a lot of, you know, our, our success and, and some failures is more of a mental thing. I think our team's extremely talented. Um, I think just equally as talented as teams in the past couple of years um, we've had here, but I think just, you know, being again, like mentally tough and, and believing in each other is the biggest thing. I think, uh, you know, when we've struggled a little bit, is it's just more of an attitude thing and, a, you know, kind of having a little bit of swagger. Sometimes, you know, early on we were lacking that a little bit, and I think that's kind of what got us into trouble. But um, I think the team's made some pretty good some pretty good steps in the right direction of late, and uh, I think we're, we're moving in the right direction, hopefully, into the postseason. What would you say it takes to have that swagger? Like, how does it come about? Um, you know, it's just – it's almost uh, just a confidence in yourself, and, and the biggest thing is you got to believe in your teammates. Um, I think if if you know if you're down late in the game and you don't believe in the guy you know next to you, then things aren't going to turn out the way you want them to. I think the biggest thing is you know just trusting that the guy next to you is is fully prepared and capable of getting the job done, which helps take a lot of pressure off of you. You know what I mean? You don't have to do too much. You don't have to be the hero to get it done you can you can trust your teammates, you know, to to just chip away at it and eventually, you know, someone will step up and get it done. For sure. And talking about your teammates, obviously you're a pretty vocal leader and, you know, a veteran as well. Who do you see stepping up next year as kind of the guy that takes charge? Um, you know what, I think I think uh we've got a lot of guys that a lot of young guys too that um that have done a really good job. You know, obviously Kevin Smith played a lot for us last year. They all did a lot of really good things. And, you know, I think a lot of guys look up to him and just a lot based on, you know, how he how he goes about his business and the work ethic he has and stuff like that at times. Um, you know, Andrew Bechtold has been really good for us. He's not afraid to speak up and, you know, get us going back on track when things are slipping a little bit. Um, you know, Kevin Biondic, I think has a lot of say too. There's a lot of guys, you know, I think that's what makes, what makes for a good team is there's a lot of guys that, that are willing to speak up and you don't have this, this class system where it's, oh, like the seniors are the only ones that can say anything. You know, I think it's super important that everybody holds everybody else accountable regardless of your age or, or your class. So um, I think that's very important. And then, you know, from a pitching staff standpoint, obviously I think Rob and, and Mike Schworn are, you know, two of the more vocal leaders from the pitching staff, but guys like Bloom and, and Schaefer and, you know, a lot of those guys, Mike Racino, those guys have a lot of say too with, with what goes on uh, on their side of the ball. So uh, I think I think moving forward there's going to be a lot of guys that, that, uh, that have a lot of experience that can keep things going on the right track. Let's kind of take a step back and go to a little bit of a lighter note. Rapid fire, if you will. Favorite place to eat around campus? Chipotle. It's a popular one. Yeah, I know. It's not very not very original. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But do you go back for, for seconds? Because I know Selmer talks about that all the time. Yeah, Selmer, Selmer lives at that place. So, um, <laughs> But, yeah, I'll, I'll go back for seconds a little bit. I don't think I'm there as much as he is, but I'll go back. Uh, I, I eat a pretty good amount, so sometimes I'm still hungry. What would your dream job be outside of baseball? Uh, working for 
the CIA or FBI, something like that. That's kind of kind of what I'm working towards with my graduate degree. So something something down that path. It's pretty cool. Sounds like it, yeah. sounds like you're really enjoying that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of work, but no, I really enjoy it. So it's cool. All right, favorite baseball memory growing up? Um, growing up, so is that just before college? Yeah, we'll say before college. Okay, yeah. Well, I would say I would say winning a state championship in high school. Um, that was a pretty that was a pretty awesome moment for me, and you know, um, I got to share it with a lot of my really good friends who were on the team too. So that was that was pretty special. All right, finally, before I let you go, we've been asking everyone the past several weeks since the Major League Baseball season got underway to give us a World Series pick. So who's yours? Uh, I'm an O's fan, and they're starting off hot right now. So I mean, obviously, I got to go with the Orioles. See if their uh, their starting pitching can hold up. I'm an O's fan too. I I didn't pick them, but so far so good. Yeah, yeah, it's looking good so far. So can't complain. I went with the Giants. Jake went with his Mets. So we'll we'll see as the season moves along. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Anthony Papio. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on the Maryland Baseball Network. And when we come back, we'll preview Purdue, the upcoming opponent for the Terps this weekend. Stick with us. Like what you hear? Think we can do better? Feel free to reach out. Email us at MarylandBaseballNetwork at gmail.com with any recommendations you have as to how we can make our broadcast and website better. All feedback is welcome. Again, that's MarylandBaseballNetwork at gmail.com. And welcome back to the Maryland Baseball Podcast, episode 16. We talked to Anthony Papio, and now we look ahead to Purdue this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the second weekend series at home against the Big Ten opponent, and Purdue, an opponent that the Terps should beat. They are dead last in the Big Ten Conference with a 1-11 conference record. Of course, eight teams in conference play make it to the Big Ten Tournament. The Terps right now are just in. They are 5-4 and four in 7th place ahead of Iowa. So right now they are in, but they need to win 3. You know, it's, it's asking a lot to sweep a team, but a team like Purdue, they should. They really should. Purdue, last in the Big Ten in average, second to last in ERA. And outside of the fact that they have the Big Ten leading home run hitter in Kyle Wood, they really don't seem to have a very potent lineup. Like I said, Kyle Wood leads the Big Ten in home runs with 10. He's hitting 264 in the season. They have two guys, Kyle Johnson and Cody Strong, hitting above 300, but just as a team, really struggling. They were on a 16-game losing streak before finally on Sunday defeating Michigan State for their first conference win, and pitching has really been an, an issue for them. Uh, Matt Frawley, he should go on Friday. <clears throat> he has a save on the season, has made some appearances out of the bullpen before getting switched into the weekend rotation and now earning the Friday spot. Maryland on Saturday and Sunday will likely see Mike Lutz and Tanner Andrews. But again, a very, very winnable series for the Terps. And, you know, if you look at it 
this way. They have to win it because of RPI because it will hurt their RPI quite significantly to lose any game at home to a team like Purdue whose RPI is in the 240s or so. Maryland now at 37 in RPI, still unranked amongst the various polls. But a weekend series for the Terps with a great opportunity to win three you know, uh, three games against a team you should beat, but at the same time, the pressure is still eminent because they need those wins, not just to maintain their spot on the inside of that Big Ten tournament bubble, but also because of the ramifications that the RPI brings them with a loss. Now, of course, the Terps look like they will stick with their current weekend rotation. Again, the Terps not getting the win on a Mike Schwarren start on Sunday. He didn't pitch poorly, gave up two runs in six-plus innings of work. But again, Taylor Bloom and Brian Schaefer so good on Friday and Saturday that it looks like the Terps will indeed stick with that rotation moving forward. Again, this weekend against Purdue, three games. Maryland really looking to turn things on here. Second half of the season already pushing towards that Big Ten tournament. Friday's game is 6.30. Saturday is a 2 p.m. start and Sunday 1 p.m. All three games you can hear right here on the Maryland Baseball Network. Pre-game show will go live 15 minutes before first pitch and all three games also simulcast on BTN+. So that'll do it for episode 16 of the Maryland Baseball Podcast. Again, a special thank you to the Terps veteran outfielder Anthony Papio for joining us here as we look ahead to Purdue this weekend right here on the Maryland Baseball Network.